instead of having a conversation about it today, you're here with me and a little bit more of a journal style reflections. So I'll share a little bit about some of the takeaways or responses that I had um, after listening to, back to our conversation with Maya. So this, it was a really great episode and, and lots of different things talked about, you know, with her journey, how she became to be a music therapist with that initial physio background, with working in a different country, with collaborating with people, so, so many good things that were discussed and came out of this conversation. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back, take a listen. It is chock full of great, great thoughts experiences, reflections, um, and I think things that are relevant will be relevant to uh, many people. So the first thing that I found so fascinating was her initial experience with the interest of going into physio. And not just that, but the experience of in that work and in in assisting um, in physio, she came across a music therapist Um, And it really aligned with what she was already thinking. So it's so fascinating to me that, you know, she was talking about using in her initial vision of one day having a physio clinic, I'm going to use music and and people are going to bring in the music that's going to engage and motivate the participants without having any real understanding or awareness of music therapy as a field yet. Um, So I found that very interesting because it shows that, you know, that innate connection to music that she has um, and just those um, almost common sense elements of the power of music. And I think we've, we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast of sometimes it's really, really easy for us to see the power of music and to see how magical it can be and how it can connect with people in a lot of different um, capacities. And then to translate that into music therapy is, is a whole other ballgame. But I found it fascinating that, you know, Maya had that in her heart. She had this passion and, and connection to music and the ability to see how impactful it can be. And that she was already thinking about incorporating that into her work before she found music therapy and, um, you know, headed down that journey, which so great that Kismet worked out and she she came across a music therapist that helped to, um, you know, shift that direction a little bit. Very cool. I also think in tandem with that, that the lived experiences that we all hold, like so deeply inform our work. And the paths that we take, whether they're, you know, if you went into music therapy right away, or a lot of our guests have said, you know, I went and I, um, I studied psychology, or I studied cultural studies, or I studied, um, you know, history, like completely, quote, unquote, unrelated elements, but everything in our life is related, and everything is applicable and all of our lived experiences, the trainings that we do, the studies that we do, the people that we meet, the places we travel, they all impact how we practice as a clinician or how we how we see the world and how we walk through the world. So I, I find that very fascinating and it's interesting to hear sprinkled throughout the episode how that initial background of, um, you know, the 
insight into the physio world in, in connection with what she's doing now, how that continues to inform her practice. And it's got me thinking about our training as music therapists. I think we've talked about this on the podcast as well too, but mainly, mainly I think we've talked about how I feel like there is a gap in our training of the business skills that so many of us are self-employed or entrepreneurs have our own practice um, and didn't necessarily get all of the business training skills that we needed or that would have been uh, beneficial. But I think that applies to the insight into other allied healthcare professions as well. I was thinking and reflecting on this, um, this ideal world, I guess, like how cool would it be to be in a program where you're getting a taste test and to build those collaborative relationships with people who are working in other fields like PT, like OT, like speech, um, rec, and really getting a deep understanding of that to inform not only your practice, but how we work with one another in, in our work, because we are, um, we're working towards shared goals and often connecting with and collaborating with other professionals. I know in, in my training at the, in the Masters of Music Therapy at Wilfrid Laurier, we had to take two social work courses, which were phenomenal. We went to the, the other campus in Kitchener, Waterloo, and um, our music therapy cohort was split up into a couple of different classes with the uh, Master of Social Work program. And each semester we had that one class about exactly what they were doing in social work. Um, mainly it was beneficial for, um, you know, de further developing our verbal therapeutic techniques and um, understanding some different models and pieces that we don't cover as heavily within music therapy. But I found that it also just widened my perspective of the field um, and what I'm doing as a music therapist by seeing the perspectives of the, the other social work students in the class, by seeing the applications of social work, um, by getting to have those conversations and seeing the interplay between music therapy and social work or, or whatever other you know, settings or modalities um, came up. So imagine a world where you get to do, and, and maybe it's not a full class because then our programs would be substantially longer <laughs> if, if we had a full course for every healthcare profession, but wouldn't it be neat to have that built into our, our programs of getting, you know, a crash course on what does it look like in rec and what does it look like to be a music therapist, you know, I don't know, working in long-term care and collaborating with a rec therapist or a speech therapist or any of those pieces. And some of us are fortunate that we got to do those collaborative pieces um, in our practicums or in our internships, but not everyone um, was privy to that experience. So yeah, hopefully within within the career, um, the career path, those come. But I was just dreaming about how cool that would be to have built right into um, our educational programs. <laughs> I also loved the conversations and getting to hear Maya's journey about living and working in Trinidad and Tobago and, um, you know, what working in another country has done to inform her practice and what some of those challenges and um, joys and realizations were. And 
I think if, if you've ever gone to another country or if you've ever worked in another um, space, you can probably resonate with a lot of what she shared. What I found particularly interesting is our conversation about how we feel the rhythm and how that comes up in music. And Haley was talking about how, you know, when she came to Canada, she kind of had to um, revisit or reflect on how she felt rhythm because it wasn't the same as as some of the people she was, most of the people she was working with. Um, and so she needed to switch that up a little bit or, um, yeah, to... to change the way she was seeing that and feeling that in order to better connect with her clients. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I, I don't think that it's something that I had considered as deeply or reflected on as deeply until I had had conversations with Haley um, several years ago and, and also revisiting it in this conversation of how do we feel the music and how do we um, need to switch that up to really deepen our connections with the people that we're working with, um, which is so important for a music therapist. We talk so much on the podcast about adaptability and how that's, you know, our main superpower and so crucial to be able to adapt and attune to the environment or the person or the, the way that someone is feeling the music. And it's got me thinking about you know, if you are working in a community that is very diverse or in a facility that has a lot of diversity, you could be potentially switching up that that style or that rhythm, that feel several times within within a day. And yeah, how adaptable do you do we need to be as music therapists in order to truly connect with the people that we are working with. I think it's, it's a no brainer that, you know, if someone is um, listening to one type of music and you bring in something that like really doesn't align with them, we know we're not going to see the same connections, but even at its fundamental core of like just the rhythmic element, not even the genre, not even like the melodic elements of it, just that rhythmic piece and how we feel that music can have such a huge impact and can really be a barrier at times. Um, so yeah, I've been reflecting a lot on that and the importance of, um, you know, world music and culture sent culture, culture, oh my gosh, culture centered practice. Um, and what a joy it is that we get to learn, like we in our, our profession, get to learn so much from the people that we work with. I'm very grateful for that. Another element of the work that Maya was doing um, in Trinidad and Tobago was, you know, the instruments that she was using that she talked about. Um, I think she said, you know, like, I thought maybe I would um, not use or that I would reduce the the instruments that I use at, at when I came back to Canada, but it's actually expanded. And um, that she's been able to incorporate instruments or, I mean, maybe, I think she mentioned perhaps not the most authentic and high quality instruments from there, but um, inspired by or different versions of that she could incorporate into her practice here, which is really great. And it just speaks to, again, that theme of our lived experiences inform our 
practice and cool that she could bring in a steel a steel drum and cool that she can bring in different types of music that perhaps some of her participant here in um in Canada may have not ever had exposure to and what a what an opportunity to have such rich discussions and to learn and to expand um, their musical repertoire and their lived experiences and the way that they see the world or perhaps inspire, you know, that spark of, of wanting to go and learn more or meet people and hear um, stories from around the world from there. Like there are so many people that we work with who, um, who may have been exposed to, you know, a, a guitar or a piano or, or maybe not, sometimes that's novel as well, but who may not have ever seen a, a, um, a steel drum or a, um, yeah. So what, like, what a cool addition to be able to use that experience of the work that she had done and what she learned from the people she was working with and connecting with to be able to bring that back and and share that in the work she's doing here. I I adore world instruments and whenever I go on a trip, I always I always want to know, you know, what's what's the instrument that feels the most connected to this community or to this culture depending on, you know, who I'm um in relationship with on my travels. I love getting to learn about that getting to hear music and then usually if i'm taking home a souvenir i try to make it something from um something that's authentic based on um the the region that i'm in and based on the conversations i have with people um from there of okay well you should bring back this uh this rain stick or uh yeah i i love being able to bring those pieces back and and then introduce them to other people and even just get to use them for myself, honestly. <laughs> um, but what a cool way to bridge that, that experience um, and to continue to incorporate, like I said, that lived experience and that um, experiential learning of, of working and living elsewhere uh, back into the work that she is doing here in Canada. Yeah, I think those are those are really my main reflection pieces, and and there's definitely still more to think about. There always is, but I'm feeling grateful to have gotten to listen to Maya's story and to feel her energy and passion of of everything that she experienced and how it's impacted her clinical work and her I mean her life and the way that she walks through the world. And I mean I. Oh, I have the biggest travel bug. I want to travel the whole world. Anyone who knows me knows this. And so I'm also feeling a little bit of <laughs> that coming back uh, and just wanting to go in, and be in relationship with and in community with people around the world. So feeling grateful for getting to hear those bits of, of Maya's story and live a little bit vicariously through her. I think the last piece that I'll end off with is just nothing super insightful here, but I just adored her phrase. Um, we were, they were talking, we were talking about carnival and, um, Maya was talking about her experience and, uh, how, you know, the music is going all night long, but you don't feel exhausted because she says the music drives the movement. And I just love that because I think, 
it well, it doesn't really need much more explanation. And I feel like it'll probably resonate with everyone of like, yeah, the music is driving my movement, my energy, my motivation in so many different contexts and so many different um, environments and, and mindsets. And so, yeah, I really loved that phrase. And I, I think there's so much application to life and music therapy and it's just resonating deeply with me today. Yeah. So this has been, like I said, a, a different structure for one of our debriefs and um, me kind of just talking into my microphone and, and processing and reflecting as I go. But I really hope that if, if there was anything in this episode that resonated with you um, or anything that's come up in my, my little journal entry here, my debrief, um, get in touch with us because we, we so deeply want to hear what you're taking away from these as well and engaging in the conversations with you. It just makes everything so much better. So please feel free, reach out to us, send us an email, um, get in touch with us on social media. Let's chat. Let's chat. We want to hear what, um, what your takeaways of the episode were as well. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the Able Voice Debrief. Thank you for listening to the Able Voice Podcast. If you want to hear more episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at Synergy Music Therapy. You can also find links to our most recent and top-rated episodes on our website at www.synergymusictherapy.com.